Hallelujah. Well, we're into a second part of a second uh, 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 part of a message today, two, two parts to it. Uh, the good fight of faith, number two, is today's message. And how many know that the good fight of faith is the one that you win? Amen. Uh, 1 John 5, 4 tells us that the victory that overcomes the world is our faith. It is our faith. That's the victory that's going to overcome the world. It's our faith. The spirit of faith, when we have adopted it, um, should be our normal. That should be our normal, the spirit of faith. We're walking in the spirit of faith. The, the attitude of faith, if you like. You sort of say, what is the spirit of faith? Well, it's more like an attitude of faith. We start to think and live that way. Where our expectation, because faith is equals confident expectation. We start to step into every situation with an expectation of faith and our words and our heart line up with that. What we think on. I haven't got my clicker. Give me a moment. So important that we understand that when we talk about a spirit of faith, we're not talking about like a ghost that sort of floats around the church that you've got to try and find. We're talking about a spirit. It's an attitude that we can walk in. It's not Casper the ghost, you know. And um, it's when we walk in the spirit of faith, it's not woe is me, not the foul-mouthed meltdown that we can have. Been a while for me. But, you know, not that, that, that breakdown where we lose control of, our, of our, what we're saying and our words and all those kind of things. That's not the spirit of faith. That's actually the spirit of fear. Amen. It's, an, it's the opposite. It's different, the spirit of faith, to the different uh, in its, in its uh, 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 behavior to the spirit of fear. When everything is going wrong, the spirit of faith doesn't say, why me? Where is God now? God has forsaken me. The spirit of faith doesn't give up on what God is saying. It doesn't matter how bleak it looks. It doesn't matter how tough you think the situation is. The spirit of faith doesn't give up on it. I like, um, I like this uh, little slide. Sorry, go back. Never give up, you know. Um, I got a suspicion that our dog ate a frog and uh, we had a little bit of fun and games in our household with him being feeling quite unwell. But he's been, ever since he was a little puppy, which is like now, uh, he's been intrigued by frogs. And, um, and of course, he, he will see them outside and want to go outside because there's a frog that he can see. And we're going, well, we just hope he doesn't eat one, you know. Because I, I think they do make them sick, doesn't, don't they, the frogs? Not, not sure, but anyway, he was being sick. Well, the poor little darling, I think it must have been about two o'clock this morning, and it was, we'd put those little, you know, where, where the dogs go to the toilet, put those little, little mats on the floor. He hasn't seen those for a while because he's so well house-trained tra house now. But um, he was about six inches away from it when he, he you know, just, just a little bit of, you know, vomit came up, and he was six inches away from it. He was just sitting there looking at it, and I said, why couldn't you go on the mat, you know? And he's sort of looking at me with his ears back, you know, to sort of go, oh, <laughs> poor little darling I, I, I was thinking about him during worship thinking how innocent and lovely and I was telling him off at 2 o'clock in the morning you know but um, you know the, the thing about it is is that the, the spirit of faith when we've got that attitude and we've settled 
that in our life we're going to have a spirit of faith and not let another spirit get in. It just changes everything. It really does. And, um, you know, you think about David the shepherd boy. He stood out from the rest of the whole army. As you know, his father sent him down there uh, to, the, to the, uh, the front lines uh, with food for his brothers. He had three brothers that were in the front line uh, fighting um, against the Philistines. And, uh, and, you know, it wasn't because he was already ordained to be king. He didn't walk in there among the army of Israel flashing his ordination certificate around saying, guys, I'm the future, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm going to show you how I'm the future. He, he didn't do any of that. It was his bold faith in his conversation, and it was not just talk. He had runs on the board, you know, the lion and the bear. He'd already taken care of them. He knew how to fight a good fight of faith. David charged that giant saying what God said, what was in his heart. That's the key. That's the key to handling your giant, your impossible situation. The circumstance that looks like it's never going to turn around. It's running at your giant with the word of God in your mouth. I heard one preacher say, never run at your giant with your mouth shut. Always run at your giant with your mouth moving, saying what God says. See, David kept saying God's word. Three times in this uh, series of, of scriptures, he's found saying what God says, what the outcome would be. You see, Goliath was David's impossible problem. And I want to put it out to you today. How are you going with your impossible problems? What's in your mouth? What are you saying? Because we want to get back to having a spirit of faith and not a spirit of fear. We want to make sure that we're aligning our words with God's word. First uh, Samuel chapter 17 and verse 26 it says, And then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, he's already got the attitude of faith, hasn't he? Who is he? Oh, he might be big, but who is he to defy the armies of the living God? We know who's on our side, don't we? We know who's with us and who's not against us. 1 Samuel 17, verse 31, it says, Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Verse 32, Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Let no man's heart fail. You know, that's what fear does. It causes your heart to fail. Amen. You know, we've got to see here that David was sure of the outcome, and I like that part. He knows that the word of God spoken by faith would bring him the victory church i'm going to ask again what are you saying what are you saying in the midst of your difficulty and circumstance verse 37 moreover david said the lord who delivered me from the poor of the lion and from the poor of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this philistine and saul said to david go and the lord be with you and that was after he said you know what i'm not going to wear your armor Saul wanted to fit him out with his armour. And he says, no, I'm not going to wear your armour. You know what the armour uh, stood for? 
everything that man could do. And David was going to fight that giant with everything that God could do. And that's the way we need to be as well. David's not found talking about the size of the giant or the natural realities, which I'm sure all of us would have crossed our mind if we'd have been there on the day. He keeps, how, he keeps saying how this is going to turn around, turn out because God is on his side. He's not looking for a prayer partner who he can be real with. Do you know? How many of you do that? You've got a difficult problem, but instead of keeping on saying what God says, you go looking for a prayer partner who you can really tell how you really feel. And it feels better. But I tell you what, it doesn't, it doesn't bring the victory. You know? If you can go to that prayer partner and, and get them to stand with you and pray the word of God and say what you're saying, fantastic, do it. But don't just get the comfort of being able to talk about the problem, you know, when really we need to be talking the answer. Can I get an amen this morning? Tell you, we all, we've all done that. Who can I talk to about this? Find someone to just, who will hear me? You know, who I can be real with? No, no, be real with God and say what he's saying. You can't get any more realer than that. His reality is even more real than our reality. Amen? Because it was here first. Amen? He then gives Goliath a serve as well. He doesn't stop saying, decreeing and declaring how that's going to turn around. And we see it, a big passage, so uh, hold your, hold, hold your uh, thoughts for a moment. 1 Samuel 17, 45 to 47. And David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike and take your head from you. Someone said David just wanted to get ahead in life. Don't we all? And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or spear or Saul's, Saul's armour, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. What are you saying about your difficult situation? What are you saying about your giant? You need to change what you're saying if you want to win and have the victory. And there's some good bedtime reading to finish the chapter of 1 Samuel chapter 17 to see how it turns out. If you've read, read it before, you know how it turns out. David gets a victory. David wins over and, um, and, of course, stands there with the victory in his hand. You know, we took uh, a look last week, uh, week at what it means... Uh, to get our faith out to work. If you were here last week, if not, you can get it. You can download it on the on the uh, 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 the, the podcast uh, on the website. And uh, it's it's not that that God doesn't answer prayer. It's more like we need to keep our faith out on task. That's what we talked about. God is waiting for us to be supernatural. If you remember, we saw that when Jesus was sleeping in the boat and the storm rose up, the disciples woke Jesus up and they wanted him to do something to save them. Fair enough. You know, you, you've got the Son of God who can do miracles, signs and wonders sleeping in the front of the boat. Why wouldn't you wake him up and say, hey, could you, could you get, in, get involved here? It's get, we're all starting to get wet and cold. 
you know, and uh, it doesn't look good, we might even sink. So why not wake him up? And of course, Jesus, once he stilled the storm, says, where is your faith? Puts it back on them. See, I, I, I remember what it was like when I first got saved. I found that if I just prayed a simple little prayer, uh, God would answer it straight away. It was like the Lord was confirming that he was in my life. And, but as I continued to go on with the Lord, as I continued to become a person of the word, as I continued in my growth as a Christian, the responsibility started to come back on me. The Lord started to show me how I needed to step up and start saying his word using my faith, believing him in the midst of the difficulty. And, you know, that's, that's for all of us too. As we, and the, 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 the supernatural progression for all of us is that we would grow in our own faith and become more responsible to take charge of situations and use the authority that he's given us through his word. You know, the expect, expectation uh, from Jesus was they should have done something about the storm when he said, where is your faith? Here we are thinking that God is in heaven. He should do something about the storm. And, you know, that's reasonable. And my problem, my need, my adversity, my enemy, and the question for us all is where is our faith? And the answer to that is should be outworking. We went on to talk about that last week, about the servant that goes to work for us, which is our faith as we set at tasks. And the, the, this week I thought, how will I get through as I started out this week? In fact, I think it started on Sunday night because I knew that I had a fair bit on my plate. And I, I said, I've got a fair bit of work to do. I better start making a list. And the list that I made went all the way through to Thursday because I had a very you know, big week ahead of me. And I started chopping through it, cutting, taking out those, you know, those, those, uh, uh, those tasks that I was getting done, some of them big, some small, but some that I just could not forget to do. So I wrote them down. Who's into lists? I like lists. I tell you, you can get so much done when you've got lists. And when you haven't, you tend to, oops, you know, I forgot that. Oh, I'm supposed to do this. And usually it's rosemary. Did you do this? I say, it's on my list, honey. And um, that's about, that's about how, how it goes. But we should all have a faith task list as well. So you've got your to-do list, but then also a faith task list. In other words, what you're believing for, what, you, what, what, what you've got out in prayer that you've sent out as a servant, your, your faith. You know, when we're in Queensland, our prayer meetings were on Tuesdays, actually, interesting, uh, on Tuesdays and Tuesday night. And we would sit, the group that came together on those Tuesday nights would come together and we'd, um, we'd discuss prayer need. And we would sit there and talk and we'd talk around things about around town, fairly small town, so everybody knew every, everybody else and what was going on. So we could pray for the town. So we're praying for the town and, and praying for this and praying that. And Rosemary would write it down on a exercise book just right away and, and uh, make a list. And, and every so often as we've moved ever since, uh, you know, we open up a box and there's one of those prayer books. And uh, quite often I pick up one of those books and just have a, a little read through and see these, all these old prayer requests that are all crossed off because we prayed them. We've, we put our, our faith out to work. Amen? And, uh, and of course, Rosemary has, I don't know, she filled so many exercise books with those, uh, uh, those prayer requests. And how important it is that we do something similar. Have you got a prayer book? 
Have you got a book where you can write down and list off the things that you're praying for? Keep them in perspective and get excited when you get to cross them off because God wants us to get to that place where we cross them off because he's answered our prayer. Amen. Luke chapter 17 again. Let's just recap from there. It says, So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. That's faith as a mustard seed. You know, when they should have stilled the storm, Jesus asks, where is your faith? You know, when the disciples thought they needed more faith, Jesus teaches them that 100% faith says to the mulberry tree, that's 100% faith speaks the word out right. Jesus goes on to talk about getting your faith out to work with your words, your saying and your praying. Remember, it's your saying and your praying that's so vital. It's not having a hope in your heart and just wishing it. It's your saying and your praying that becomes vital. Okay, Luke chapter 17, verse um, 7 to 8, it says this, And which of you, having... Listen to this part. This is important. And which of you having a certain, uh, uh, having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he is coming from the field, come at once and sit down to eat. But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk and afterward you will eat and drink. As the message was last week, the message is this week. Stop letting your faith have a break. Don't send your servant out to work for you and then bring it back in again with unbelief or just straight out, uh, just not getting onto it. Be a person of faith. Get your faith out working for you. He's saying your faith will work for you. Get it to work. Jesus then said faith is like a servant, you know, um, that when you send it out, it's, uh, and it is finished, that task, don't let it rest. Send it out again. In other words, once you've, you know, someone said that the, the greatest enemy to your next uh, victory is your last one. I'll say that again. The greatest enemy to your next great victory and breakthrough is your last one. Because what happens is we get complacent. Well, we've had a victory. We can talk about it. It's exciting. We tell, we tell all our prayer partners how to break through. But then we don't put our faith back out to work again. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. Our faith gets sent out to work when we pray and when we say, make another mark in the book, another faith task for your faith. Faith must be kept out working for us. Today's takeaway is this. Number one, our faith is not working. Is it, our faith is not working for us when it has been set a task. Here is a question. You know, when it has not, sorry, when it has not been set a task. Uh, it, your faith laying around doing nothing, your faith is not outworking. Okay? Number two, our faith is not working for us when we bring it back in from the paddock, okay, through unbelief when we stop believing. The minute we start questioning, well, I've been believing for two weeks. How come it hasn't happened? What's happening there? What's, what's happening when we, when we start to do that? Unbelief is starting to get in. 
You know, the spirit of fear is trying to uh, sneak in. Um, I mentioned last week that I did a seeding season on a farm out in the southeastern wheat belt, a place called Holliton. Mostly new ground out in those days. And uh, I was a teenager, it was 1979. And uh, work started at sunup. And I wanted to get out of town, and the way I thought I'd do it was go and get a seeding season job out on a farm. And, uh, and of course, I was up uh, out onto the paddock. The, the rule was, as soon as the sunup uh, uh, sun occurred, you needed to be on the paddock. So you had to get up before sunup, have your breakfast, get ready to go, and then go. And I had a little motorbike, a little AC, ADCC motorbike, and I'd kick that thing over and get it going, and off I'd go. And the farmer's, the farmer's attitude was, you don't come back until the sun's down. So uh, just enough light to ride the motorbike back, because he wanted me working from sunup till sundown. That was his idea of work ethic on the farm. Day in, day out, I was on task. And you know, the truth is we should be the same, you know, when we pray and say the word. You know, into our situation, we should expect an outcome from our faith working out on our behalf and not bring it in from the paddock through fear or unbelief. If I, I remember the first couple of days, I thought, well, sort of nearly sundown, I'd come back. He says, what are you doing back here? So I'm oh, dinner, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking tea time. And of course, he'd just go, no, no, you work from sunup till sundown. You're out in the paddock and um, very, very uh, hard man to work for. He, uh, he, he, he made that clear, very clear. I tried to leave and he wouldn't let me. How's that for hardness? Yep, I had a flat battery and I said, well, I'm leaving. He says, well, how can you? He says, you've got a flat battery. I said, will you help me? He goes, <laughs> real, I'm telling, I'm telling you the truth. That was, that was quite an education. So um, we had a few words in the paddock that day, I assure you. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Jesus always has an outcome that he speaks of, that we can hang on to his word and, and say that's what he's going to do. That's his heart. That's his will. And here Jesus describes great faith. And I love this passage as being the very act of saying the word of God, which is we can all see in the context is like having a servant that we set out on tasks. If you get this, it's like putting a turbocharger on your prayer life. If you get this today, it really is. It'll, it'll make your prayer life go to another level. And we'll just, just read it in verse um, Matthew chapter 8, verse 8 to 9. It says, And the centurion asked, answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. You could say servants. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. You see, he understands that faith works, but it's up to us to send it out to work. And I say this, why bring it back in with unbelief? Why bring it back in because of impatience? Why bring that servant in when he's supposed to be out on the paddock working. And Jesus is impressed and commends that centurion's faith. 
he turns to the disciples and says, guys, <laughs> uh, this centurion just hit the nail on the head. He has great faith. You see, we set a, a task for our faith with our saying and our praying. And, you know, we shouldn't ever let up on it. We shouldn't ever allow ourselves because of how long it's taking. You know, it's like sowing a seed. You have to wait for the harvest. There's a time, there's a time that, that, you know, between when you sow and when you reap. Don't give up in that time frame. Let it stay out there. Father, I thank you for my healing. Father, I thank you for that new job. Father, I thank you for that turnaround in my circumstance. Father, I thank you that your word is true. You know, and then you wake up the next day and it's not there. Oh, he mustn't have heard me. Oh, it mustn't be my turn to get answered prayer. You know, and you can start coming up, you know, mind starts kicking in. You start to come up with a whole range of reasons why, why uh, my prayer's not answered today. Three weeks later, that's it. He mustn't have heard. And yet all he wants us to do is get our faith out there working. And just keep it out there. Because the Bible doesn't tell you how long it will take. It just says it'll work. That's what we come away with from the scriptures. And I like Mark 11, 23, 24. It's a very appropriate scripture to finish on. And we will finish on this one. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, what on earth has a mountain got to do with it? A mountain is like a giant. It's something that you can't do something about. It's the miracle that you need. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now this is Jesus teaching us how to do it. How to pray that prayer of faith. How to get our faith out there working. And this is definitely not something that people should be sleeping through. Do you know? These type of truths, we should rise up and say, you know what, I need to live this way because this is going to make all the difference in my life. And therefore, this is Jesus talking, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. You know, Jesus taught that. You know, verse 23 is the sending. Verse 24 is the don't bring your faith back in from the task until it's completed its task. Amen. Let's, let's live that way. Let's be that people. You see, um, going back, uh, I guess it would have been uh, when I, I truly began to understand it, probably 1987, Rosemary and I were married. It, it's like the penny dropped. And uh, uh, we were newly married. Uh, we, Rosemary was going to Bible college. And we just, we just said, that's it, we're going to live this way. We're going to live uh, as a people that live by faith. And we understood that there were people out there that said living by faith meant that, you know, you trusted other people to feed you, you know, we <laughs> or give to you, you know. That we, we knew that that was that understanding, but we got a hold of this understanding that you could live by faith, whether you're in the business world, whether you're working for an employer, you know, that you could live this way. And see God's promises come true in your situation. You see, what the Lord's waiting for is for us to get serious. 
And we got serious in those days. We were, we were living in a house that we were blessed with after we were uh, first married. It was uh, uh, an investment property and it had been, um, uh, Rosemary's uh, mum and dad said that we could live there for two years after we were married, rent free. And it was a blessing to us. And we peppered that house with post-it notes. All the way around the houses, just post-it notes with scriptures written on them. Where we were just, you know, standing on promises for a change and difficult, you know, difficult circumstances and just believing God. You know, we became serious about it and we watched the Lord start to show us and reveal to us that if you'll live by faith, he'll turn up, you know. And, you know, there's never a timeline on it. It's just whether or not you're serious enough to live that way. Amen? Amen. Well, why don't we all stand this morning and um, let's be those that choose to resist a spirit of fear, but rather choose a spirit of faith. If we're going to fight, let's choose to fight the fight that we win. Amen. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up and we're just going to go out with a prayer, uh, a prayer this morning. And just after that word, Lord, we ask, Lord, that by your spirit, that you seal that in your hearts, in, in, in our hearts, Lord God, that you seal within us that uh, fresh determination to be a people of your word because we know that you're a God of your spirit, that you move and you, you work, Lord God, on our behalf, Lord. We thank you that our faith is a servant that goes to work for us, Lord God. But, Lord God, you give the increase on our faith. Lord God, we, you, you, you turn the circumstance around. So, Lord, we choose today to be that people, to be those ones, Lord God, that step up. Lord, the first step is that we get your word not just in our hearts, but also in our mouths. Lord, that we confront our giants. Lord, the, the mountains, Lord God, that stand before us, Father. And we begin to speak to them, Lord God, that we're called to that. And Lord, we realise it. And Lord, as we do, as we do, Lord God, we start to see, Lord God, the fruitfulness that come from, comes from it. Lord, we know that as we sow your word, we will reap, Lord God, the harvest. Lord, as we say what you're saying, as we pray what you're saying in your word Lord we'll see, we'll see the turnaround we'll see the victory Lord God and Lord we thank you that it is through our faith that we gain the victory over this world in Jesus name and everybody said Amen, Amen, Amen.